Welcome to I Change the Narrative, a podcast for and about Black men inspiring, supporting, and empowering Black men and Black boys. Before we start the conversation, I want to ask our guests to tell us about themselves and the work that they're involved in that lends itself to the topic or the lived experience. We're going to start off with Coach Paul. Hey, hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. So good to be with you all. Welcome. Um, good to see all the guests here. My name is Coach Paul. I've been uh, a dating and relationship coach for probably about a decade. I started uh, early 2000s. I wrote my first book in 2016, a book called uh, Ladies Here's Why You Keep Choosing the Wrong Guy. Um, I stopped I stopped doing the dating and relationship thing for a while. I took a break from it for, for probably about, uh, about a year, two years. And um, got back in it, got started, got going again, and everything has been taken off. Uh, I'm very passionate about what I do, love helping women. And basically what I do in the area of dating relationships is I teach women how to avoid the guy that I used to be. That's basically, that's basically what I do. You know, I'm, I'm teaching you all all, all all of the game, all of the game I can give you. I'm, I'm giving it to you so you, can, so you can avoid all of the nonsense. Okay, so that's what I do. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm glad to be here with you guys. Thank you. First off, in my opinion, Tom Swoop, you're up. Hey, how you guys doing today? My name's Tom Swoop. You can find me on TikTok at First Off In My Opinion, YouTube, and all platforms. I've been working with uh, women and men uh, in the relationship space for probably about 15 years. Um, I wouldn't say I teach. I say I more so have transparent conversations so people can learn from their own mistakes and um, be able to navigate the jungle we call dating right now. Um, I have written a couple uh, self-help journals that are available on Amazon. Um, and I guess my thing right now is producing content that people can uh, use to expose their brain to better decisions. Um, <laughs> just, just, just basically sum it up in that terms. But um, that's it. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I own a few businesses and um, I'm a content creator. Awesome. Thank you so much, Phyla. Yes, Nika, thank you so much for having me. And hey, hey, hey to the gentleman as well. My name is Phyla Antoine. I'm an award-winning life and relationship coach. I specialize in teaching emotional wellness and trauma resolution in the area of relationship building. So many of us have learned how not to do things in relationships, but we were never actually taught how to partner in a healthy way. And so my role in the lives of my clients is teaching them how to resolve trauma how to live a self-actualized life and how to attract and choose healthy potential partners so that they can have healthy relationships. Thank you so much, Ms. Phyla. Um, Phyla is the first female, the first woman on I Change the Narrative as, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so honored to have you because um, in the past seasons, I've only had men and I just wanted to do something different this season. Um, with women who are in support of Black men and helping um, to encourage and empower them. So thank you again. Again, it's an honor. Um, this My episode, pleasure. Awesome. This episode is powered by Positioned to Prosper Coaching, offering individual and group life and business coaching. We help you discover your purpose, develop your plan and dominate in your industry. Visit www.positionedthenumber2prospercoaching.com or call 410-929-6111 to schedule your consultation today. 
Today's topic is undoing the narrative, never vent to a black woman. The idea of today's conversation comes from a question that was posed on X, um, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, um, to black men. And the question was, do you all feel safe venting to black women? And if you will indulge me, um, I will read a few of the answers. And as relationship coaches, I would like you, if you will, to um, provide your expertise behind some of these responses. Um, so one of the one of the answers um, I read through the whole entire thread and it was like thousands of responses. And it hurt me to my heart that I wanted to have this conversation. And the reason why it hurt me to my heart, because every answer, every response was negative. Um, it included responses from black women as well. And the first answer that I came upon was that women will weaponize your words when upset. So I want you all to provide your thoughts on this. And again, the purpose of this conversation is undoing the narrative as I wanna be positive as possible. And I know this is gonna take a long time to, you know, to correct this. However, here's our start. So anyone can take it. Women will weaponize your words when upset. Um if I may. Yes. So it's it's funny that, you know, I, when you had sent me the information for the show and I was just like, I I did a show last week and um, the comp, we talked about, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Issa Rae's show, um, Insecure. Uh, when um, Molly, I think it was like the second season, Molly yeah. was hanging out with the guy and she told the guy like back in college, she had, you know, messed around with a girl. And then she, he said, well, you know, I did some weird stuff with a guy, you know, once in a while, back in the day or whatever. Molly never got over it. You know what I'm saying? And eventually stopped, stopped dealing with the guy. So we got to talk about it on the show. And of course, it's like, you know, you, it's, it's a double-edged sword in that situation where, you know, it's sort of acceptable for women to be with women. But if a guy's been with a guy, it's going to be thrown back in his face. You're going to look at him different. You're going to look at him, you know, all this different kind of way. And, you know, he but he he told her that in a safe space. He told her he told her that in confidence and it was used, you know, against him, basically. And I mean, just from my own personal experiences, you got to read the room. You got to know what type of woman you're talking to, because some women you cannot tell things to. You just can't. It's it's just even in business. This don't even got nothing to do with women. Like you just certain certain things you just cannot bring to the table. Um, and when we look at, you know, being like you just said, using that and weaponizing it and using it against the person, it happens. So it's like once it happens, you're scorned. You're never going to do it again. So. That's my that's my take on that. Yeah, men 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 tip, and I've said this a lot of times before when I'm talking to women about men and vulnerability, right? <clears throat> men really long to be in this in, in a, connected with a woman that they feel like they could be vulnerable with and really kind of share things. Men, we long for that because I say all the time, men don't have face to face relationships with other men. We have shoulder to shoulder relationships, you know. So. Typically, what happens is in order for us to really be able to find a place that we can talk, it's usually with a woman. It's not going to be with a man. We're not going to share certain things with, with another man. It's just not going to happen. 
So to be able to find a woman that we can really communicate with and just, you know, open up some of the things that we've been carrying around that we really want to talk about is a, is a once we find that place, typically or usually that's the place that we normally stay. And it's like my brother said, once we start sharing information about ourselves to you and you mishandle that, we're going to shut down and you're probably never going to get anything else out of us for a long period of time, if ever again in that particular situation. But uh, yeah, so you got so so so. Yeah, women, we, you got to be careful, you know, how you handle that information, because men really do want to talk. We, we do want to share, you know, I, mean, we, I guess we call it what pillow talk. We want to do it. But sometimes we're not we don't feel we don't. Yeah, you got to make that, that that atmosphere and that place safe for us to be able to do that, to really be able to bring that out. So well, I wanted I, to. Yes, I wanted to allow the gentleman to speak. Where they get to take the lead on. Um, and there are a few things that I hear in this conversation. So first, when it comes to the initial perspective and taking us back to Insecure and Molly, there are two things that I think are happening in that space, right? One is that they are still in that vetting process. They were still early in the relationship stage when that conversation was happening. And so both men and women get to decide what they want to allow in their life and in their relationship space. And it's okay for us to have honest conversations and for a potential partner to decide, you know what, that doesn't work for me without demonizing the other person, without judging the other person, but simply saying, I appreciate you sharing with me. I appreciate your honesty. This is just not something I'm comfortable with. That's okay, right? I don't want to minimize anyone to the point where they feel like they can't make the decisions that are best for them out of fear or offending another person. But we get to be respectful in our choices and decisions for ourselves. The second thing that I'm hearing from the gentleman and that I hear from my own husband and that I've heard from men in the past as well is men do want to be able to share their emotions, but women, we don't make it easy for them. And we often don't create a space for the men in our lives to feel safe, to be vulnerable and to unpack because we're relying so heavily on them to be the pillar for us, right? You're supposed to be my protector and my provider. You're supposed to be keeping a safe space for me. And so we have very one-sided views of masculinity. And when we are positioned with a visual of masculinity that looks different. And let me also say our ideas of masculinity as women are often toxic, but that's another conversation. But when no, we no. are in front of a man whose masculinity presents differently than what we think it should, we become afraid and we close the door on allowing them access to voice their feelings and voice their emotions. I think that validates lying, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like you when you and I and I feel exactly what you're saying, but it's like this is why men lie. This is why men come into situations and just be like, "Yeah, I ain't telling her that," or "I'm gonna make something up," or you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm gonna lie because I'm gonna get past her defenses because you know what I'm saying? It's it just we start lying, and then next thing you know, we in a whole messed up relationship because it was built on you know lack of trust. I didn't trust you. You didn't trust me. And now we didn't create something that's bound to fail. I think people date wrong, though. Right. We date often to be chosen by another person. So then you feel like you have to lie 
or you have to show up as someone you're not so this person will accept you or choose you. But that's really not the point of dating. The point of dating is for you to learn what works for you so that you know, oh, I don't want to be in a situation with a woman who makes me feel like I have to lie because then you're not able to get what you really want. You're not going to ever have your emotional needs met if you're constantly having to shrink your needs, shrink your feelings so that this woman won't reject you. So that really is about that self-work that has to happen with men and women being able to stand in who you are and be okay with someone not choosing you if your intention is to really be in a healthy relationship. And I also feel that that, that a lot of it, I think you said it earlier, uh, my opinion that, you know, some of the stuff that we share, you, you know, you ain't gonna just, you ain't gonna just, just dump that on the people right at the beginning. You're like, that's, the, you know, that's gotta be stuff that we gotta kind of like, you know, we gotta move and get to, you know, it takes time for me to really, you know, uncover mm -hmm. a lot. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna sit down with you as soon as I meet you and tell you that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna do that. And I don't, I don't, and I don't recommend anybody do that. You know, I think there's some basic things that you definitely want to find out. One of the top, one of the things I talk about a lot when it comes to dating is that most people that date, they don't really have any vetting skills, none whatsoever. We date based upon how we feel. You sitting across from somebody or whatever, they make me feel good. Okay, let's do this. And then we, you know, that's not the way to do it. So you got to vet it properly. But there's certain things that you do want to find out in the beginning and certain things you're going to find out later on. The, the, the thing of it is that as we get deeper into a commitment, you got to understand that there's some things I'm, I'm as a man and as a woman that we're going to we're going to want to share with each other. Right. If I when I start feeling safe with you and I feel and I'm feeling a little bit protected or whatever, whatever I'm going to share some things. My thing with women, though, is that you got to be ready to, you know, to be able to receive what you may hear. You got to think we do. We living in a life where we don't been hit with a lot, especially when you know, you know, you know, you did a lot of stuff in life, experiment, done it. So you got to be open to understand that if you if you're telling the person you you're cool with them, this is you making a safe space, you want them to talk. You got to be ready for what what what's going to come at you because you really never know. Yeah, and I know I know Coach Paul. He's probably experienced this. I know I've experienced this. When you're a man who can use your words you take on so much from a woman, you know what I'm saying? In the first 30 days, I, I know where all the dead bodies is. You know what I'm saying? After the first 30 days. And sometimes they're looking for reciprocation, but it's like, we can't even, I know, you know, who I am. I know I can't tell her certain things. Just like you said, it's too early for her to have it, but I can, she burdens me with it all up front. You know what I'm saying? I know I know about the childhood trauma. I know about what happened in high school. You know, I know about you know what I'm saying. I know about everything within the first two weeks. But I know I cannot say anything until we get deep in the mud in this thing. That's true. And you know what? I listen, I talk to these women all the time, and I'm and I'm telling them first of all, when you meet somebody, and I think um uh Fila is. Fila. Fila, sorry about that. Fila said it. I tell I tell women all the time, listen, you're not there to convince that man that you are the one for him. Right? That's not why you're dealing with somebody, right? You you you're there to find out they're a good fit for you. And because the mindset of some women is that I'm trying to convince him that I'm the one, you know, and I always sing the song, you gotta tell him your whole life. down by the river. 
in a little tent or oh, just like that you telling all you telling everything you singing the, the negro spirituals to this particular person for no reason and i tell them all the time the best way to start to start doing this is to relax and to just have uh first of all take your i don't want to get off on that i don't want to get off on that but just relax and, and do more listening than you're doing talking in the beginning that's that's just the bottom line mm-hmm i love that and I work with women who are looking for relationships and who want to partner with masculine men for the most part. And we have a dating formula, the L-O-V-E formula. And the L in the first part of that is to listen, to learn, be quiet, stop talking so much, right? Sometimes it's a downright, you gotta shut up in order for you to gain the information and the insight. Because often what women do is that we monopolize our time with men we eat up all of the space by talking about all the things, partially because we're nervous. Another important caveat is that women talk to men to influence men to be the man they want them to be, mm. not to show up as themselves. But if I give you enough information, you're going to mold yourself into that man, right? We unconsciously know each other on a deeper level. Men know how women operate. Women understand how men operate. And we both play into those things. But there has to be a point in the beginning of the dating process where women are just listening and just learning and are taking in what they're being given so that we can decide if we even want to go on a second date. But too often, we are romanticizing these partners and we're romanticizing our dating life because I already know what I want. I just want you to neatly fit into this package that I've already created. Right. And this is where I think a lot of men feel frustration because we don't allow them to show up fully. And then when they attempt to do that, we demonize them, we retreat, we shut them down or we use it against them. Like the gentleman was saying earlier. Um, I, let me just interrupt. I'm so happy to have you all on this show. You all said a lot so far. Um, and Phyla, you touched on my next question as far as how do we as women create safe spaces for our Black men to vent, to um, become vulnerable when they want to uh, talk to us? So you hit on one, the first thing is listening. Is there anything else, Phyla? And then I want the men, what do you expect from us? How do we create safe spaces for you? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So specifically when it comes to the clientele that I work with, these are women who are ambitious and accomplished mm -hmm. and driven and successful in their careers and in their, their professional roles. So there is often a gap between them understanding the role that they get to play in the life of a man, right? Mm -hmm. So often we are checking boxes off of our own lists. I want this career. I want this house, I want this man, I want this wedding, I want these things. And what I tell my clients is that you have to make room for the man in your life to be human and to be flawed and to be real about who he is. And so the best way for you to do that is to understand and recognize that the point of the two of you coming together is to challenge one another. It's not always supposed to fit together so neatly and so nicely. Everything is not going to feel good. There should be mutual respect, of course, but he should challenge you to think about your habits and your behaviors. And you want a man to come into your life who's going to hold you accountable. 
So anytime he's not speaking up, he's not disagreeing, he's not challenging you in any way, that's a step for you to take a moment and reflect and then intentionally ask that man if the, the space is safe for him, right? Do you feel comfortable here? Do you feel good in our conversations? If he's being quiet, which is generally not the nature of a self-assured, self-actualized man, if he's minimizing, if you are just taking up all the space, take a cue from that and check in with him and ask him how your behavior is making him feel. We're not supposed to know everything. So we get to ask each other questions in the process. Wow. Brothers? So, all right. So I feel like, you know, me personally, I can just use my personal experiences. When I'm dealing with a woman, not saying I purposely create adversity, but I I enjoy a fair amount of adversity to really test the boundaries of the relationship to see actually if this is somebody I can't, you know, confide in, if this is somebody who's actually going to be around next week. Um, I do believe, you know, when people first get together, you want to have these conversations. That's, I literally, I'm creating a game right now called All the Right Questions. And you, you have to ask certain things, but it's so much stuff that you like, you, I can't answer this, but women, like I said, I go back to what I said previously, women, they, you know, they dump. And before you know it, like I me mean, personally, I dated a therapist and she, you know, very highly decorated person, but all of our conversations became therapy sessions for her. You know what I'm saying? They were never therapy sessions for me. It was always me listening to her and, you know, until I until I just basically told her, I was like, look, we should just be friends and then we can have these conversations on the clock. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's it's a tough situation because you got to think a lot of people who are dating right now, they don't have these communication skills. They don't they haven't read these books. They haven't they don't know how to do these things that we're talking about. They don't even know how to have these conversations or ask these questions to themselves. So. How do you even navigate or even, you know, that's why dating is a mess right now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave that one. Because when you when you started off with the people with, you know, the highly accomplished women, that's a that's a whole nother conversation because that it get into, you know, levels. You know what I'm saying? And women and what they really want from men if they're so accomplished and what men really want from women if they're so accomplished. So, yeah, that's a whole nother fire. <laughs> but, yeah, I um, I'm a person that, that loves to communicate in relationships, right? Communication for me is really the make it or break it for any woman I'm gonna deal with. I, I I don't really care about, you know, you you can look a certain way, okay, that that that'll bring me to you, right? But I want to I want to know what you what you're talking about. I'm 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 just that kind of guy. I need conversation, right? I could sit and talk to you for hours. Is that because we because conversation is intimacy. That's intellectual conversation form intimacy. But um um so to have a woman that you can communicate with, share with, talk with, and then she knows how to, you know, listen to what you're saying. And process before she answers. You understand what I'm saying? And the more I'm able to do that, 
the more I'm going to give and the more I want to receive from her. And it creates an atmosphere, just something that's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think so many times that's just so lacking. It's been lacking for me. Like I've had women that could do everything, but listen and talk like you, they were the best everywhere in the house except on the couch talking, you know, you know, or, or whatever. So that's a, that's a, that's a, beautiful, that's a beautiful thing, man. And, and I, I, and even cause I'm single now, I long for that. I, I, I long for, for, to be able to have that with a woman and to be able to tell her for real, because you know, when I have, when I have a tough day, I'm not going to get on the phone with my boy and be like, bro, you know, man, the day was tough, man. We just, we just, man, I, I'm not going to do that. Nah, we're going to talk sports. We're going to talk accomplishments. We're going to talk money. We're going to talk women. We're going to talk all this, that, that cause or whatever, you know, but to have that woman. And that's typically why uh, a lot of men, like when women get divorced in a lot of cases, women are not in a hurry to get remarried in most cases because women don't need what we need, right? Men, when we in relationships with women, those women become our best friends. That was the person that we went to for conversation, for, for support, whatever. Right now she's gone. Whether, you know, now we got to kind of like, you know, fill that void. So you will see men get married really, really quickly after those types of situations because women, y'all can go to other women and get that 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 face to face. We got we got to find this again now. So what I'll do is a lot of times this is what men are doing now. They'll jump on a dating app. Connect with a woman only for pen pile purposes. That's it. <laughs> you know, and I tell women, you got to be very, very careful when you're dealing with men. You got to ask the right questions to find out why they're really there, because some of these men have gone through things and they just looking for somebody to talk to. We need to talk. I don't know where this I don't know where this came from that men don't want to talk. We need to listen. We be wanting to talk. We want to share. But it's just like we just don't know places so so to find a woman that can protect us in that area oh that's a woman we ain't gonna leave we're gonna stay there we're gonna be there you can listen you can you can yo the sex and all that stuff is, is good but when i know i'm I, when i know i can share with you and talk with you and, and you're you're gonna protect me chances are i'm i'm, I'm gonna be I'm, I'm not gonna go anywhere because we know we already know i could find sex somewhere else but this kind of safe place it's gonna be difficult for me to find again so many women, they always say, like, when they get out of a relationship with a guy and he'd be like, oh, now, now, now he with her, he in church, he he doing this, he doing that. He ain't do none of that with me. And that literally because, you know, she accessed or, or made a space for him to be able to be who he wanted to be all the time. You know, so I see that all the time. And, I, you know, it's like what, what Coach Paul said, once that space is there, he ain't leaving. Nah. I think, well, first of all, I think everything that you said, Coach Paul, is in line with the types of conversations we need to have mm -hmm. in these forums, but also in our individual dating lives and relationship spaces also, right? One of the things that is important for each partner to know is that you have the responsibility of communicating your own needs. Mm. It's not up to the other person to guess what you need and try to figure out how to make you feel safe and how to make you feel seen. So as adults, before we get into relationships, we have an individual responsibility to figure ourselves out, to figure our needs out and to figure out how to communicate, whether that means getting a therapist or a coach or just reading books and self uh, reflection. On the other hand, the women that I work with, and I said earlier, are accomplished. I said that specifically because that puts them in a certain mental 
and emotional space mm-hmm. that often blocks their capacity to partner well with the men they actually want, right? When you are successful and accomplished, you are often masculine energy dominant in order to succeed in those spaces. Yeah. But then when it comes to our connection level with masculine men, there's a conflict now. I have to learn as a woman how to then retreat back to my more feminine energy space. And the role of women and femininity and feminine energy is to nurture the environment and to cultivate the space so that everyone in the space can come in and do what they need to. So often I hear women who say, I want a protector. I want a man who provides, right? But Mm -hmm. if I'm not creating a space that replenishes you when you come home, how can you go out into the world and do the things that's necessary for you to protect me and for you to provide for me? So I think when women and men understand our fundamental roles in life as complementary to each other, that will begin to help us create these better connections. And when we learn how to communicate, like Coach Paul said, we'll have deeper intimacy. Because if you can talk to me outside of the bedroom, I'm going to be completely open to you inside of the bedroom. And that works for both of us. Jordan Peterson has said, you know, that women sacrifice their femininity when they go the educational high earner route. And you get to a point where let's say you're 30, 35, and you've, you know, you've got a master's, you're working in corporate America, you're doing all these things. And now you like, there's something missing. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I want something. I, whether it's a family, a child, a man, a hearty relationship. And it's like, you don't even know how to backtrack to even get to that space emotionally to open yourself. So it's like, you see all these women who are, you know, accomplishing their, they're complaining about the dating field. And then the people I've dealt with, it's not the field, it'd be them. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to adapt the whole field to fit them. And I'm like, you the odd person out, like you don't have <laughs> the skill set to do this right now. And, and it goes back to what you said about having that balance of communication and knowing what to say and knowing where you at, but it's, but it's, it's imbalanced because it's like, I told you it's level. So you got all these people who, you know, are looking for like soft women. And then you got these highly accomplished women who aren't soft. And it's like, I don't want that. I know, I know me personally, I don't want another me. And so it's like, I feel sometimes I feel really sorry for them because it's like it's they're losing a battle and I, I I want them to win. But it's like, how do you teach a woman in her G35? How do I teach her to be soft? Well, I'll say this that I'm sorry, Coach Paul, go ahead. No, I was going to say real quick. Uh, when you when, when a woman is operating and I hate these conversations about this whole masculine, I, I don't I never even talk about this stuff. I really don't, and because I've never, I don't have these conversations with the women I deal with. I don't care what level you, I don't care how much money you make. Mm-hmm. I've never had to have a discussion about this. I'm just the man I am, and it just, it just brings order. I, that's just me, though. But I will say this: that's a uh, testament to who you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, right. I just feel like I don't, I, you know. But, but women, 
that do function in some some level of masculinity, you got to understand what that's going to bring out of the man you're dealing with is competition. Yes. Right. Automatic. But when you have operate in that feminine space, he's going to want to protect. You got to got to you got to remember that. It's this this is what's going to happen. So you got all this this you know button heads going on in the, in your home because of, it's because of, it's because of that. He's he's feeling like he's got to compete with you now. You know, but go ahead, um, Ms. Filer. I No, I agree. It does create this competitive nature within the relationship. But the need for women to be dominant in that way um, and in this dating space where I, I know you said you see a lot of that and these are not the women that you want, right? You want soft women. I would ask men to give women some grace in this process, right? That hyper independence that you see is generally a trauma response. She wants to be soft too. I don't want to be hard in the relationship, but life has positioned many of us to have to take that stance, especially and particularly when we're talking about the black community and communities of color, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important for us to consider all the things that we've had to go through as a people. Right. I don't want to be that girl that takes it all the way back, but that's a part of the conversation and our experiences as well. So if we could kind of just give each other a little bit of grace in the process and recognize that most often how we are presenting is a protective mechanism. I don't want to be hurt again. I don't want to be disappointed again. Right. And so there is this hardened shell. Now, it's not your responsibility to take that on if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. But like Coach Paul said, there is a particular type of man who is able to allow a woman who has had to be hard to be comfortable to be soft. Mm-hmm. When a woman is in connection with a man who is healthy in his masculinity and who just shows up, it does allow her to feel the safety that's required to be soft, but again, because she's responding to her own trauma, even his positioning may not be enough for her to be consistent in that. You know what, I I wonder, I wonder why I didn't never, I never heard my mother, my grandmother, because the women I had in my life is really why I am the man I am today. This is really why probably I do what I do. This is because what I saw with the women in in my life, to, to, to be honest, Mm-hmm. You know, it was my mama that was there for me <laughs> more than, you know what I'm saying? So my mother taught me certain things about women and relationships. But this is what I don't understand. Why is it that my mother, I never heard my mother had a conversation about masculine and feminine. I never heard my grandmother had these conversations. I don't know, maybe I'm being weird when I ask this question, but my my mother, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I go wanted ahead. to answer. Um, well, this is not really a conversation amongst our generation. It's the ones that come after us, that is yeah. now we now see it on social media. So we, some of us, have hmm, that that may be some true and truth to that. So that I think that's why this is not a conversation. This is not an issue, really. I don't think with our age. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say, like my mom, my mother, when my when my pops left when when I was five years old, he he left in a terrible way. Left my mother to raise three kids and to maintain a house. I never lived on the street. I never, I didn't, never didn't have food to eat. 
I was always well clothed. Matter of fact, people in our community thought we was rich. My mother never went out and lost, you know, sold her body or just, you know, lost self-respect. She, she did what she had to do. My mama was, she was, she was about it. Right. And, but she never lost the feminine person that she was. That's what, that's the thing I can't, that's why I can't wrap my mind around this conversation because my grandmother, the same way, my grandmother was a, was the, was the, uh, you know, the leader of our family. Everybody went to her to advice. She worked hard. She never lost the feminist side of her. Now, even to even to this point now, it was so crazy because the, the man my mother ended up marrying, which is my, my pops for real. He when she met him, he was a street guy. Right. But when he met my mother, my mother was just that woman to the point where he knew he couldn't do certain things. With my mom. So he cleaned his life up real quick. Come on. Mama. That, man, that man would come into the house. He, he would come into the house. And if my mother tell him he need to take his shoes off, you know, when he come into a certain room, guess what he did? He took his shoes off. But but when the things that he was, you know, I guess, uh, you know, uh, focusing on maybe his little outhouse in the back or whatever it was, she respected anything he had. So what I'm saying is there was mutual, you know, it was it, it was never this. And, and he never he wasn't a soft guy. She I'm not saying she was a she was a pushover either, but they knew how to code the code, you know, exist. And, and and make it work and both of them were strong and I, I just that's why i don't i don't understand these conversations mm -hmm. this conversation i think like nika was saying isn't for you it isn't for us it isn't right. for our generation or the ones yeah. who came before us because they had a grounding in who they were and what they were supposed to do and what the roles were but there have been a lot of intentional divisiveness yes. that's happened yeah. within maybe our generation, I'm 44. So I lived through the crack epidemic and my daddy was a hustler and all of that. So I saw firsthand, right? How those things disrupted the family, disrupted the family dynamic, made us switch roles, have to take on things that we didn't necessarily want to. And so the powers that be are thinking three to five generations ahead mm -hmm. with whatever is being implemented. So even though that situation happened to your mom, she already knew who she was, right? It's not her who's going to be impacted or your grandmother's generation or mine. It's the three to five generations ahead, which is where we are now. Yeah. And now we're looking at the younger folks who are dating and it is a mess. And the dating pool seems to have piss and everything else in it because right. of those disruptions. So we didn't need to have these really elementary style conversations back then because those folks had a level of higher awareness that we're all trying to relearn so that we can undo mm -hmm. some of that damage and get back to where they were in that kind of foundational way. Right. I don't, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into, and I hear that, and I, and I always correct the ladies I talk to because we got this whole notion now of everybody saying, uh, I hear this all the time. It's no good men. It's no good women. I don't, I don't buy into that. I don't at all. And I understand. And I even, and, yeah. And this whole this whole notion of that the dating is you know what you know what the problem is the problem is is is, is what happened was we got away from we we just created our own i every time you turn on social media the the culture is telling you what to do right. you know if you're a person that's just buying it well this is how you need to be a good man this is how you need to date and everybody's buying into that right if he don't if he don't pay this on a if he don't pay the, for the first date, he ain't no real man. How in the, 
All right, let me stop myself. I was about to say something I probably shouldn't say. In the head. No, I'll get a little bit deeper than that, what he just spoke to. So I own a daycare, right? And when I tell you all the young moms, all their boyfriends looked and act exactly the same. All of them. They dress the same. They hair the same. They act the same. They pull up. They in the passenger seat. Then they get out and drop her off. And then she get in the they get in the driver's seat. Put the seat all the way back. They all do the exact same thing. That is programming. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. Absolutely. I said so. So you got socially programmed and conditioned. Yeah. So you got people arguing about, and they come to me with that. And as soon as they come, I'm like, I don't do that over here. Who well Coach Paul? Coach Paul, who who if, if the man don't if the man pay for the date, who if he don't pay for the date, what kind and I'm like, listen, if he pays for the date or don't pay for the date, that doesn't tell you who that man is. I know men that go out and borrow money to take you on a date. Trust me. So you can't judge somebody by that. And really at the end of the day, I I suggest that you don't even go on a dinner date, your first date in the first place. Really, your your first your first Meetup. I don't even call them dates. They ain't, it's a meetup. It's a meetup to go and to find out if there's chemistry and attraction between you and this particular individual. Y'all going on three, four hour long uh, uh, dinner dates, and then he whining and dining you, and y'all going from. Let me tell y'all something. Can I be hundred percent honest on here? Can I talk like I want to talk? Let me tell you something. Most of my one night stands came from long dinner dates because we had dinner dates. We drinking, you know, I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm Listen, I got to give a gab. I can't listen. I can talk you out of whatever I want. And then I'm we're going to leave that spot. We're going to go somewhere else. And I'm going to do it. And the next thing you know, we back at the crib, either mine or yours. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not what first meetups are about. And this is what these, these are the type of thing that gets people all caught up and messed up and in trouble. And then you didn't. Ask, and then you leave these situations and you didn't find anything out about this person. You didn't ask not one question that mattered. You you asking questions? Well, do you have a passport? Why you need to know if he got a passport? You may not even want to see him tomorrow. What well, passport? Ain't even, may not even matter. You know, right. stupid. It's just weird questions that don't make any kind of sense. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love that. No, I love. I love it. I love Please. it. I love that that mindset and that mentality as well. Because one of the things that I tell clients that I'm working with also is that there is a, a meetup before there's a first date, right? We yeah. can go for coffee. We can do something casual. We can meet at a food truck. We can meet in the park just to see if there is any chemistry or any connection. And I tell my clients for their first date reminder, on your first date, you want to stress him out, right? And it's a cute little kind of thing that we have where you don't want to go to dinner because if you go to dinner, you are preparing yourself to look a certain way, to show up a certain way. You're getting your hair done, your nails done, the outfit. You're in this restaurant where it's dimly lit and it's the perfect music and all of the things that are going to seduce you into making the wrong decision. Yeah. So I say first date should always be about stressing him out. And what I mean by that is let's do something competitive. Let me see your real nature come out. Let me see how you operate when you're a little bit triggered or there's a little bit of stress in the room. Let's go bowling. Let's do axe throwing. Let's play golf. Like yeah. let's do something where we can actually connect, see how we operate together. If you lose and then curse me out, I know that that's your stress mechanism. Whoa. Over yes. dinner at the table, you can talk me into and out of anything you want to 
if I allow you to. Right. But in an environment where we're being a little competitive, where we have to take the masks off, let the ego down a little bit and show our true nature, it's more fun, it's more informative, and it's more relaxed. And then it allows you to make a decision about going on the actual intimate date that you may want to, but not that first time. It should just be a meetup. And that second time, there should be some stressors there so we can see each other's humanity for real. I like and, that. And, and, and ladies, I'm, I'm open to, I, 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 I'm, I'm, listen, get to know multiple people. I'm big on that. Get to, know multiple, get to know multiple people. Right. I say, and I always tell the ladies I coach, if you've never done it before, do two. If you've, if you've done it before, three. Right. Get to know multiple people because it's going to keep you from being high hyper focused on one person. Mm -hmm. And this is this is this is a serious, serious mistake. When you go to meetups, you need to go to meetups with an agenda. Right. So you're going with your top two vetting questions. They need to be your deal breakers. I have been on a meetup with this woman. I remember and I'm going to give a quick story. I was I was there. I had met this lady. We did the whole FaceTime and everything. Went to, so we decided to do a meetup. We do the meetup. We was going to get some drinks. Uh, we go in. We go in. When she walked in, beautiful lady. I'm talking about, yeah, gorgeous. But when we sat down and had conversation, the conversation I found out that my core value, which is shared faith, was not the same as hers. Right? Mm. So at that point, I got to I got to I got to you know, I, we finished the whole situation. I hugged her. But at, at the end of the day, I had to send her the message because I don't ghost people. And now what I do do is I got three uh, ready, ready text messages in my phone for if it don't work. I just copy and paste whatever the situation. <laughs> is, I just go. <laughs> I just go copy and paste it and send it. And, you know, and I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I give people those text messages. So I write them and I, I give them to them. I got like a little shared little Apple note where, you you know, you can get the whole script. I give you the first date questions. But I always say you need to talk to somebody for at least four to five hours and six conversations before you even see them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, see if this is something you really want to do. Because like he said before, if you if you make this an intimate situation, but that's your thing and you 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 got a track history of making bad decisions on first dates, you can't you setting yourself up for failure. You setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. I have a touch timeline and I get a lot. Let me tell you, all I get a lot a of pushback. That's yes. what's <laughs> a touch timeline to help hold you accountable. Right. If we're dating. There's a 30 day period of no intimate touching, no holding hands, no arm around the waist, no arm around the shoulder. I don't know you. You don't know me. And those types of touch create a false sense of intimacy. Right. So when most people hit 30 days, they like 30 days. Damn. But it's, if we're that's tough for women, that's tough because especially if physical touch is your love language and yeah. he knows that, you know what I'm saying? He going to put you in compromising positions. Yeah. I of course, that's why we have the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have the timeline and the help. And it, when we think about the fullness of 30 days, this is from day one when we meet. So if we meet in person or we meet on an app, there should be at least a week of just conversation, right? At least a week of just conversation. And then we want to go out. So if we do that meetup, then we do that stressor date. By the time we've gotten to just around the third date, we're already at that 30 day mark in that 30 day period. What happens though, is that people give too much access too soon. 
I'm not going to be on the phone with you for 17 hours because I have a life. You don't get access to me like that in the beginning. Yeah. I'm not yeah. coming to your home because I don't know you and we need to meet in a public place and space. If yeah. we're dating with intention for the purpose of finding out if we're compatible for a relationship, we are going to go out. There's going to be some strategy. There's going to be planning. So within that 30 day period, we shouldn't even have seen each other enough to be comfortable enough to be all over each other. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we have taken this conversation. <laughs> I'm not too sure how we got here, but um, you all are saying some awesome things. You are touching on a lot of social media subjects. Um, however, may I ask this question, taking it back to our original um, topic, I want to, because this needs to really be addressed. Um, one female said, one young lady said, please don't vent to me. I'm going to think you soft. How do we address that? How old was she? Did? I would, love, I would love, love to know the age of the person that said that. I'm not too sure, but I take it because I had to, I embiggened the picture, her picture, and I she looked like 20s, 30s, early How with her eyelashes. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but that's that's that that that's a that's the, yeah that kind of stuff when you hear that, and it's and and it's sad because this is what my I got a 15 year old son, and this is the kind of stuff that he's going to have to deal with. You know, right. with a lot of with some of the women, not all women, because there are there are people who are raising their daughters and and, and everything to to know how to, you know, what to do. So hopefully he's going to find them. But the coach has taught these women that everything means you soft, right? And, and and let's be honest, a lot of these women that want all these hard men, that's 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 a level of trauma that they've dealt with. You got, you can't, you, you, you got to be, he got to choke, almost choke you unconscious for you to enjoy sex. You, li listen, I ain't, I ain't in nobody's bedroom. And I like a lot of stuff, don't get me wrong. But some of this stuff y'all want people to do to y'all, is 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 dealing with trauma you want to be you got to almost be beat up you see what i'm saying so yeah. so this new this all this new stuff that's happening mm -hmm. is is coming with this generation and i and I, I hope and pray that they that somewhere along the line this stuff starts to shift but when i hear comments like that i can almost tell what generation that's coming from yeah um i agree but i've also heard in conversations um some women our age say that um yeah I, I was going to add that. Like I've, I've heard that from like women mm -hmm. my age or even, you know, you know, higher where it's like, I need to feel protected. You know, if we got a fight or something like, babe, when the last time you've been in a fist fight, right. you know what I'm saying? Like what, you know right. what I'm saying? What, what, what's about to happen right now? You think somebody about to run in here right now? Right. True right. enough. Something could happen, but to feel that you need to feel that protected. That's something else. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's something else. That ain't got nothing to do with my hand skills, even though they're impeccable. But that that has nothing to do with that. And I think and do they you know, really, do I they do they really believe that though? Do they really believe that, or is this something they've heard and they bought into? Because like that's 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 really what it is. Like because right. this is what's this is what's going around. And we catching this stuff. Like at some point, we got to stop and and tell ourselves like, listen, I got to do what's right, what's best for me. And stop jumping on these 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 bandwagons of all this mess that's going on. Uh, one of the, one of, who was the girl that said one of the rap now the rapper talking about what they said. Uh, if 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 he don't if he don't make enough money, he don't deserve no coochie or something like that. So you get all these women now. You get a wave of women. I think it was uh, 
Party I can't remember your name. Party B said that. Now you got all these women. So they're buying into this stuff, even our generation. But it ain't originating with us. This is just the stuff we just kind of like hearing and, and adopting as our own. You know, Absolutely. you know what I hear in that comment, particularly, Nika, with mm -hmm. that young woman. And I've heard that from other women. Right. Like mm -hmm. just telling men not to do certain things, whatever those things are, because it'll make you look weak or look soft mm -hmm. or I won't respect or appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Really, what I hear when women say things like that is. I'm afraid to emotionally connect to you. I don't know how to be emotionally available for you. So don't come to me with your actual emotional needs. Don't bring that to me because I don't have the capacity to show up as the woman you need to be in that space. And it often does come from a trauma-informed perspective. Right. Women attract men all the time and they're like, he's emotionally unavailable, but so are you. This is why you're attracting these types of men. So in that, what I really hear is not that it's going to you're going to seem weak to me, but it's going to show me my weaknesses that I don't have the capacity to mm -hmm. connect emotionally, to make space for you emotionally and to support you emotionally. So let's not really connect at all. Right. This is the era of disconnection on so many levels and social anxiety and being afraid of each other and afraid of ourselves. So yeah. it all aligns with that for me and simply means, baby girl, you're not ready to be in a healthy emotional relationship. Mm -hmm. So go take a look at yourself and not even focus on him and what he's doing. Yeah. 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 I don't think people, period, just know what they want or what they need. And this is why when you see people who finally get in a healthy relationship, it's with somebody completely opposite of what they've been talking about for the last 20 years. And right. it's it's because as adults, even no matter what the age, we don't know what we need. Right. I, I talked to a lady. I talked to a lady yesterday. She's a, a very accomplished woman. She she's uh, works for the government. And she said to me, we started out having a call to call. And she said that she's having a hard time uh, meeting the right guys or whatever, whatever. Right. So as the conversation goes on, she lets me know. And I'm asking questions. I found out that she actually did meet a great guy. He was an awesome guy. Right. But but she was kind of turned off uh, about him because he was too short. So I asked her, I said, let me, I said, let's clear this up. Okay. I said, so how was the conversation? I loved his conversation. Were you attracted to him? He's extremely attractive. Was he in shape? He's extremely in shape. <laughs> okay. So the only issue you had is the fact that he was a little bit shorter than what you normally want. So she actually stopped communicating with the guy. And even when she stopped communicating with him, he was still texting her every day. Mm. And now she's in a situation with talking on the phone to me, telling me she can't find, no, 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 no. You got a guy right there. What are you talking about? You can't find him. He's there, but he's not what you, what you want because somewhere along the line, you felt like the, how tall he is, is what really matters. So you're about to let this guy go. So then she says, well, what am I supposed to do now? She said, because he just texts me, but he doesn't call me because I think he was turned off. I said, he probably was turned off. And I said, what he's doing is he's texting you to see if there's any level of interest still there. I said, what you should do is pick up the phone and call him. Wow. 
how you doing? Everything good? Whatever. Call him. What's wrong with that? She says, well, he's really busy. I said, well, if he doesn't answer the phone, I'm, it, the fact that you call him is gonna is gonna probably make him excited. The fact that you that you and he's gonna call you back. But all but she's about to let a man go because he wasn't tall enough. But that's programming. Like you think about it. Since hell, since I can even remember, what's the first thing women say? I want a tall, dark, and handsome man. That like that that's programming. Now look, I'm six three and I'm dark and I'm handsome. But you know it works for me. But I mean it's it's a lot of small guys that get the baddest rap possible like if you five five and under it's a straw you a species you your own protected category like it, it it's tough i what he's saying is the absolute truth i if you look on my show last week i just interviewed somebody that's literally what she said she was like i met this great guy but he was five three he can't be a great guy if you if you're gonna throw him away because he's five three that he's still a great guy I think it's okay for women to have their physical desires, right? You're attracted to what you're attracted to. And if you find someone and there's something about them physically that you're not attracted to, that's fine. But I think what Coach Paul is saying was she was attracted to him. It was just this this one checkbox that she couldn't mark off, right? Based on Mm -hmm. the list. I tell women all the time, get rid of your list. Stop listening to other folks. What's the emotional experience you want to have? But often what I find in situations like Coach Paul described is that it really is not about the height or about the thing that the woman is making it about, but it's about the fear of actually having to be accountable in a healthy relationship, especially if you've never been in one. Especially if you've never been in one because now this man is not gonna allow you to show up in your trauma and your drama and your toxicity. And that's scary for women and for people in general to let go of that. So we'll often find something minuscule to say, mm, I don't like the way he chews. I don't like the way he breathes. I don't like, you know, the way he wears his shirt because it really is that that attachment and that connection is challenging you to show up differently. And you're afraid of that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. That's true. Let me, let me, let me say something. Let me just give y'all some real, uh, for everybody that's listening right now, all y'all ladies is hearing me. Okay, this is going to be some real kind of ignorant, basic stuff I'm about to say, but but get what I'm saying. A man's height has nothing to do with nothing. I've seen six, two, six, three, six, four men get knocked out cold on the floor. And I've seen little dudes (laughs) come in here and wreck shot. If it's a a matter of protection or feeling protected, the height has nothing to do with it. All oh, that's just make you a longer way to fall down because mostly, mostly guys, all they are is height. At the end of the day, ladies, let's let's focus on. I tell women all the time when you go when you meet somebody, it's four main main, main things you want to you want to find out. Number one is their chemistry and attraction. Number two, you want to make sure he's on the same readiness scale. Number three, you want to make sure he's uh, emotionally available. And number four, you want to make sure your core values align. If you can start there. Right. And and, and, and and cross, you know, dot those I's and, and cross those T's. You got something started Then you can kind of move forward and see what's going on. The first first thing first, though, ladies, you have to understand what your core values are. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all don't have no, absolutely no clue what you really want for your life. The, the, I'm going to tell you all something. The, and I told the ladies that I was speaking to the other day this. I almost wanted to quit doing this. I really did. I was going to quit. Because I had gotten to a place to where I said, women don't really want nothing. Y'all, they don't really want nothing. They say they do, but they don't really want nothing. 
because the calls that I get from women on a daily basis and the stuff I hear, I, I talked to a beautiful, I talked to a beautiful woman the other day, beautiful bodies on point, stay in the gym. She's, she's, she's gorgeous. But when it comes to dating, she's clueless. She's spending her time on the phone with a dude that she's been talking with for three weeks that she's never seen. And she's speaking like, like this man is the best thing since sliced bread and she ain't never laid eyes on. How in the world do you allow somebody to keep you on the phone for three weeks and you ain't even, even had a FaceTime? And then yeah. when I say, well, and then when I say, well, let me coach you. Oh, I don't need coaching. <laughs> what? You don't need. Okay. So this is the stuff that I that we see all the time. Let's just get the work done. I don't, I don't know if I'm off the subject a little bit now, but I just wanted to say, let's get the work done. Keep those, keep you, keep those things aligned. Is, is the person emotionally available? You can ask certain questions to a man to find out his level of emotional availability. If you ask the right question, you can keep, kind of get an idea. You can you can find out what kind of readiness scale is. If you own, if, if you want a woman that wants to is looking to date with intention, and this man tells you, "I'm just out here having fun. I'm just I'm just trying to see where it goes." He changed his mind about that. You ain't gonna be able to. You ain't gonna be able to do nothing to get him to change. He said what he said, and he meant what he said. So if that's not if, if that y'all are not on the same readiness scale, it's time for you to move move on. Don't be afraid to walk away from a situation because he's he looks good, smells good, whatever, whatever. No, he's gonna be bad for you in the long run if you don't get up and move on because he told you what he really wants. Basically, he said to you in so many words, "I'm a, I'm not emotionally available to even be in a relationship." Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, we hear what we want to hear when he he over five five. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm when when we when we when we relax and start using those carnal instincts when we start to see people, that's we hear what we want to hear. Right. And he he's totally right when he's talking about like why he wanted to get out of it is because I, you be feeling like women really don't want that. What was the the one matchmaker who was making like? $250,000 a year with Miss Mason or something like that. And she said, I'm, I'm not doing this no more. I'm I'm not working with black women no more. And it was, and she gave all these reasons. And at the end of the day, they don't know what they want. And it's, then they complain about everything. So. Um, this has been an awesome, awesome, such a rich conversation. I, um, this is our time, but before we go, tell our listeners how they, can connect with you, starting with Coach Paul. Um, I'm I'm more active on TikTok. Uh, you can you can find me at PLB two five two on TikTok. Um, I have a community of women that I coach right now. In my community, I think it's around about forty six women that I work with. Um, if you want to be a part of my community, I have a twelve week dating course, a six week dating course, and I have an opportunity for you to just kind of like stay connected with me. You know, get 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 help as you need it. You can just go to my website, uh, paullbryant.com, paullbryant.com. You can also find me on Instagram uh, at uh, plbcoach. Thank, Thank you. you for having me, too. No problem. Tom, swoop. Hey, I'm on TikTok uh, and, you know, Instagram. Uh, so you guys can reach out to me at, at first off, in my opinion. Um, I do have a couple self-help books, self-help journals um, that are um, available on Amazon. Yo, I, I, I really appreciate being here today. I love to have you guys all on my show um, and just keep this conversation going. Um, so, hey, thanks for having me. No problem, Phyla. Yes. So uh, I can be found on YouTube, Instagram and TikTok. 
across all platforms at she is Phyla. That's S-H-E-I-S-F-I-L-A. And you can click the link in any of my bios to find out about my services, about my coaching, and about Sacred Queen Academy, which is my premier community for women who want more in life and love. And Nika, I'm just so appreciative for you inviting me and to the gentlemen for us having this discourse and this conversation. And we can have different opinions, but we can still respectfully discourse. So thank you for having me and thank you to you guys for the conversation. Not a problem. Thank you for highlighting your experiences and your expertise and for doing your part in changing the narrative in our community. I really appreciate that. And lastly, for keeping your commitment by being a part of the show. That means a lot. Um, For merchandise, visit ichangethenarrative.org. Thank you to our sponsors, Positioned to Prosper Coaching. And we can't forget um, a shout out to So Organic, So Suave. You can follow Sauce on Instagram. Don't forget to follow us on TikTok and IG and subscribe to our YouTube channel at I Change the Narrative. That's all one word. We've added a weekday pop-up segment. We'll see you soon. And thank you all so much for listening.